When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Slow the testing down. Remove him from office. No justice, no peace. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey. Hello and welcome to the Betches Up Podcast. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And I'm Amanda Duerman. And the Betches Up Podcast is your daily rundown of all the crazy shit happening in the news, explained to you by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Today we are here with Asha Rangappa. Asha is a senior lecturer at Yale University's Jackson Institute for Global Affairs, and she's also a former associate dean at Yale Law School. Previously, she served as a special agent in the New York Division for the FBI, where she specialized in counterintelligence investigations. She's also a legal and national security analyst for CNN. You've definitely seen her there, and an editor for Just Security. Good morning, Asha. Thank you so much for being with us. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, we specifically wanted to talk to you about uh, some of the hearings this week, which, of course, has all sort of coalesced into a couple giant, terrifying stories. Yes, we're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so on Tuesday, Attorney General Bill Barr sparred with members of the House Judiciary Committee about, among other things, whether the Russia investigation was a hoax, whether there's systematic racism in policing or America at large whether mail-in voting could cause fraud, and if Trump can refuse to leave office. Uh, What did you see on Tuesday that concerned you the most? He has just been engaged in so much crazy stuff over the last year that it's hard to keep track. And in many ways, it's worse than the president, um, who tweets a lot of crazy things, but in many cases, it doesn't have uh, immediate and real impact. I would put the things that both Barr has done and that he was questioned about on Tuesday into three big buckets. The first one is just all the lies. Um, The lies, the misrepresentations from mischaracterizing, you know, the the Mueller report to, um, to, you know, talking about the reasons that the U.S. attorney in the Southern District stepped down um, when he was actually fired. The second bucket um, are, is his inconsistent application of justice, um, that the Department of Justice under Barr is really pursuing a two-tiered uh, approach which, in which one is Trump's friends get special treatment and everybody else does not. And then the last is just, you know, 
the things that are leading up to the election, his, you know, his answers to foreign election interference, I would put many of his actions in terms of sending federal agents into cities into this, because I think it's related to creating disruption and, you know, propaganda for Trump's reelection campaign. Um, and all of that is, you know, wrapped up in kind of one bucket and encompasses a lot of different uh, kinds of behavior and actions. So how do you think that these testimonies impact the president's behavior? It seems like afterwards the president gets somehow even more emboldened. Uh, for instance, on Tuesday, uh, A.G. Barr refused to say if Trump had the authority to delay the election. And just this morning, President Trump tweeted that he is considering delaying the election. What Barr is doing is incredibly dangerous for this reason. He has the ability to give Trump legal cover, um, a veneer of legality to engage in illegal conduct. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, one example of this, for example, is, to, is when he can say, make a motion to dismiss the charges against Michael Flynn, right? This is actually happening in a court. And if he succeeds in doing that, what he does is he takes away the accountability that Trump would have to uh, hold if Trump were to pardon him. You know, Trump has the power to pardon him, but that's a political act. And he then bears the consequences. Of, whereas if he, if, if Barr can claim that this is actually about justice, it obscures that accountability. Um, when it comes to, you know, moving the date of the election, it's astonishing that he could not answer, or he would not answer that question directly. That is stated very clearly in Article Two of the Constitution that Congress can choose the date um, that the electors will be chosen. Um, there is an act of Congress pursuant to that. Uh, that he wouldn't answer that definitively then creates an opening for Trump to tweet something like he did today, like maybe we can delay the election. And it, what it does is just creates confusion so that even if the election takes place on the proper day, it gives a reason for his, you know, base to claim that it's legitimate or that, you know, Trump wasn't allowed to, you know, exercise his power or something like that. So what, what, what Barr is doing, he's doing smoke and mirrors yeah. that is really giving a space for Trump to act without having true legal or political accountability. Yeah, it makes Barr's claims in the past that Trump's tweets make his job harder to do uh, even less believable because a lot of times Barr's actions and permission precede the tweets themselves. And what was ironic, I think you're absolutely right, Amanda, is that on Tuesday, he claimed not to read Trump's tweets. Right. You know, one of the questions that was asked was, you know, Trump had commuted the sentence for Roger Stone. Again, this is an example of, you know, him um, helping out his, his cronies. Um, and there was, um, based on both what Trump has tweeted in the past and the way that uh, Stone reacted to that, there was a clear implication that he had been promised this as a reward for not actually telling prosecutors everything that he knew, which would be a quid pro quo. This would be an abuse of power, possibly bribery. And when he was confronted by that with, by uh, Representative Swalwell, um, are you thinking, are you going to open an investigation on this? Um, Barr claimed that he 
had never seen those tweets. And by the way, one of those tweets was actually in the Mueller report, which he should have read. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of dance, you know, tap dancing and mm -hmm. smoke and mirrors and just Jedi mind tricks that are going on between these two. Yeah, totally. Um, well, speaking of tweets, uh, you summarized the testimony in a Twitter thread that really captured the absurdity of the hearing, um, basically just highlighting each one. We recommend you go check it out. Um, but Barr says and does all of these absolutely off-the-wall things constantly, but does it matter? And is there an impact? Like, what impact does making him verbalize this have? Well, number one, he's under oath, right? So while he can you know, write press releases or get in a press conference and make and say things um, when he is under oath, he is more accountable. Um, theoretically, of course, the, yeah. you know, U.S. Attorney's Office that would uh, investigate lying to Congress would be the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office where Barr has replaced the U.S. Attorney um, yeah. with a loyalist. Um, the other thing is that, you know, it is, it is giving the public um, in a concentrated sitting, um, some exposure to the breadth of what he's doing. So I think it matters in that regard. I will say that I think the questioning was quite haphazard. It was mm -hmm. not organized and it was less effective than I think it could have been mm -hmm. had the questioners coordinated. I'm assuming they didn't because it was kind of all over the place. Yeah, that was our next question, if you thought that they did an effective job specifically exposing Barr's abuse of power. I don't think they did. Yeah. I think there were individual members of the committee that were good questioners, but unfortunately this five-minute rule really limits mm -hmm. the momentum that you can get. So what you need is this needs to be a relay where the next questioner picks up yeah. the baton, asks the right follow-up question. You know, when, when Barr says that, you know, he hasn't looked into the question of whether the president can move the date of the election. You need to be ready to read from the constitution. Yeah. Right. The, the actual words. I mean, that's, there's no ambiguity there. Um, and so there were a lot of follow-up questions that were missed. Um, there, there wasn't like a very clear through line through the lines of questioning. Um, and so while I think, you know, individuals in their five minutes sometimes maximized it. It, mm. it didn't carry over into the, you know, hearing from top to bottom. We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair and skin, yes. But beyond that, too, since I started using pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great. It looks fancy on the shelf. And I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. 
They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash fever dream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash fever dream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash fever dream. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. I feel like a lot of times the grandstanding is almost like they feel more permission to do it because bar stonewalls them anyway. But like you were saying, it could be more effective if like we we know by now he does this. So presumably we can strategize how to like make him look as bad as possible. Uh, and try to expose something to the American people while he's doing this. But it just sort of looks like, you know, you're like, I feel like it's like them talking to like a sulking adolescent and he's just like, ugh, whatever. And nobody really looks strong. It would be helpful for them if, you know, they are not attorneys themselves to get attorneys to help Mm -hmm. them um, develop their questions into clear yes or no questions um, as though you're you're doing cross-examination because that's what he he's a hostile witness. Mm-hmm. Um, he is not there to provide the information, just like if you had a hostile witness in a court of law. And so you have to ask yes or no questions. You have to come prepared with the receipts. You need to use, um, you know, other media, like put the tweet up on yeah. the screen, um, you know, put his testimony from before or something that he said publicly in a Fox interview. Um, they have to be ready for that. And um, it, it was a little Mickey Mouse, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. What would you have asked? What 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 would you have hoped came out? Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> you know, I wrote for Just Security a, an entire uh, you know I think I don't know how many questions there were that just covered oh, so really? much yeah ground. Um, so it's really hard for me to nail it down. But I would really have focused on these three buckets. So number one, I would focus. You know. For example, on the misstatements um, and lies that he told about the firing of the U.S. attorney from the Southern District of New York. Mm. Read from his letter, then start citing from Jeffrey Berman's testimony. I mean, Jeffrey Berman testified that, you know, he had never agreed to resign. So you can kind of, there's so much on the record, black and white facts that don't match up. And so that's what I would have done and then moved on to bucket two, which is, you know, the unequal treatment and then to the electoral interference piece. Yeah, yeah. I think yesterday he just quibbled with like the phrasing of step down. He was just like, well, he just didn't know he had stepped down yet but didn't actually go into the substance of like the abuse of power of 
of maneuvering that. But it's it's hard to imagine Barr being more conciliatory to Trump, except maybe in a world where uh, they don't have an election coming up that they need to win. What does a second Trump term with Barr at the head of the Justice Department look like to you? What 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 feelings come up for you when you think about that? Um, dread. Yeah. It can't happen. Yeah. You know, if if Trump wins again, Bard needs to be removed. He he needs to be impeached and removed. And um, he has destroyed the norms of the Justice Department, the credibility of the Justice Department. Um, and that is just, you know, once you destroy people's faith in the legitimacy of the rule of law, um, you don't really have a pillar anymore for your democracy to continue. So, like I said, I think he is potentially more dangerous than Trump. Trump can't um, follow through on things without having a Justice Department Mm -hmm. that gives him the legal cover, as I said early on. Do you think that there's grounds for his impeachment already? I think there has been grounds for his impeachment and one thing that frustrates me I mean I am a process person I believe that there is value to a process even if you don't get the outcome that you want so for example I think the impeachment proceedings against Trump were worthwhile were necessary even if the Senate did not ultimately vote to remove him because now those senators are on you know they're on record Right. And also, yeah, even Um, if if Democrats take the Senate, I mean, there's a chance that Barr could be removed if in a world where we don't get the president, where Democrats don't get the presidency, but do win, flip the Senate. Exactly. What frustrates me is that the Democrats seem to see this as an outcome based strategy, right? We can't impeach Bill Barr because things are going kind of well right now and we don't want to jeopardize our electoral chances because it looks like Biden's going to win. I just want to remind people that that was the approach that the Obama administration and the FBI had going into the 2016 election. We'll take Mm -hmm. strong actions against Russia after it's over. We believe Mm -hmm. Hillary's going to win and then we can take these measures. You know, um, Comey took all these steps, I think, believing that Hillary was going to win and he was trying to kind of proactively preserve the perception of the FBI. Unfortunately, when you do that, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the the Schrodinger's cat thing where it's like this idea that, you know, you can never take a decision you know, claiming that it's not going to, like, you're, you're just kind of stepping back and letting things, without that decision, also impacting how things unfold. Um, and so I think that, you know, Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Chairman Joey Nadler make a big mistake when they say, we just need to win in November. No, everything that is happening now will is actually making it, harder for Biden to win in November because Barr is basically committed to allowing election interference. So you can't mm-hmm. count on election on an election that is already in the process of being corrupted and enabled for that corruption by the Department of Justice.
We all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. So speaking of Russia, Trump said yesterday that when he spoke to President uh, Vladimir Putin, Last week, he didn't think it was worth the time to mention uh, mention the Russian government's reported bounty payments to Taliban fighters because that's an issue that many people said was fake news. What do you make of this? And from a national security standpoint, is there any universe in which this defense is limit? No, it's complete bullshit. So first, (laughs) we just know from Trump's personality and character that... The fact that something isn't verified does not stop him (laughs) um, from mentioning it. Um, And he's also not afraid to, you know, challenge and go after people for the most minor things. Um, But somehow when it comes to Vladimir Putin, he cannot muster up, um, you know, the whatever, the cojones to to do what he needs to do. Um, From a national security... Why do you think that is? Why? It's so such a mystery. Well, I think in this case, <laughs> um, you know, I well, okay, so I think that Putin has leverage over Trump. Um, what what that form that leverage takes, you know, it's it's hard to know. I think it could be as simple as, you know, he has evidence that can show that Trump is not as wealthy as he you know, portrays himself to be. That would be humiliating for Trump. When when we're talking about counterintelligence, you know, it doesn't, something that's used as leverage to compromise you does not have to be evidence that you committed a crime. 
It just has to be something that you care about and that you need to be kept secret. You know, maybe it's an affair you're having that you don't want your family. I mean, like, it doesn't have to be illegal. And so there, and yeah. Trump is so image-based that anything that could destroy the perception, you know, his self-created image would be hugely threatening to him. Um, the other thing is that I think Trump is counting on Russian election interference this November. We know that it's underway. Yeah. Um, we know that Russia had the ability in 2016, which means they have it now, to actually tamper with vote tallies. Um, now, the intelligence community said they didn't do that in 2016. Why? Probably because they also thought Hillary was going to win. And if they took that step, then there, you know, there was going to be hell to pay after. That cost-benefit analysis doesn't apply here. In fact, it's in their incentive to take as extreme measures as possible to help Trump win precisely because they know Trump won't punish them. And we have pe people guarding the hen house, if you will. You know, the fox is guarding the hen house in, in terms of uh, DHS, um, you know, the yeah. DNI. They're not going to raise the flag, you know, when if or when they see this happening. So to go back yeah. to the bounty issue, what we know about Putin is, you know, I call him a boundary creeper. So he continues to test boundaries, take risks, escalate until he meets resistance. He's a bully and you have to stand up to bullies. Yeah. So when Trump doesn't address the bounty issue, which yes, that affects our troops abroad. It itself is a national security issue. He is also in that giving the green light for Putin to do everything else, whether it's, right. you know, hack our R&D for COVID vaccines to do election interference. And basically, you know, he just is saying, you know, this is the Wild West for you. Go for it. Right. Do you think that the withdrawal of troops from, from Germany has something to do with that, too? Yes. Yeah. I mean, let's let's just remember that, you know, apart from the U.S. being enemy number one, one of Putin's main goals um, is to destroy Western alliances, mm -hmm. including NATO, um, you know, when he seems like Trump's to, main goal too, <laughs> and it, it's so funny. It happens to be Trump's main goal, even yeah. though pretty much, you know, on a bipartisan basis, no one thinks this is in the national security interests of the United States, um, yeah. and basically hasn't been since you know World War II. Um, but he he continues to pursue this, um, and it furthers Russia's goals, uh, and you know it's. I also think there's another weird psychology going on, which is, you know, Trump just continues to think of everything in this very transactional way. Germany isn't paying its fee. Like, right. you know, these aren't dues. It's not the country club, right? <laughs> like, this is, you know, this is a strategic alliance. There's other um, issues involved. But I don't know if you guys read Mary Trump's um, memoir. But one of the things that she talks about is, you know, he only he can only understand things in transactional terms mm -hmm. and everything is about the benefit to him financially or not like he actually sees the u.s treasury as his personal piggy bank right. so somehow you know i don't think he sees a benefit to himself from you know this and clearly there's some benefit that he sees from pursuing actions that benefit russia so yeah. you know let's do the math 
Right, exactly. Uh, for a last question I wanted to throw in here, Asha, you worked for the FBI for a number of years. The president is currently pushing for the next stimulus package, which is meant to provide economic relief to Americans to include a nearly $2 billion FBI building. What do you think this is about? I saw that, and I'm not really sure. And it was <laughs> yeah. to upgrade the... Um, the Hoover building, right? Not I th- yeah, exactly. He was like, just like, I know about real estate. Let's I mean, don't move it out of DC or something. Oh, and, and that, why you would try to upgrade that monstrosity uh, <laughs> is beyond me. It just needs to be raised and rebuilt. I have no idea what to make of that. I don't, yeah. I, I can't imagine that the FBI is like, the, I think the FBI would prefer that money to be dedicated to other things that they can, you know, use for. Um, Makes sense. I I don't know. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for your time, Asha. We really, really appreciate it. Until the return of democracy, I'm Brian Russell-Smith. I'm Amanda Duberman. And this has been the Betches Sup Podcast. The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.